Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. I, I think this is the first time in like seven, eight months that it's rained while we're in service. I don't know what that means, but I'm thankful that this is the first time in seven or eight months that it's rained. And uh, I just had a sense, like those that come out on Mother's Day, there's distractions. Those that come out in the rain, Lord, I just pray in a double blessing. Like you get, you get something today that uh, the hungry will be filled. And we were, we were singing about a move of God. You know, you're in a move of God. I'm in revival. You're in revival. You can be sitting next to someone who doesn't know they're in revival, that there's a subculture of revival floating around, but there is revival happening. In fact, um, I love to hear testimonies that remind me of that. Joseph Blanchard, come on up and share a recent one. Joseph is a, Joseph has a ministry to, to schools, clubs in Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, inner city schools. And I just, uh, I just saw a raindrop come up, Lord God. Just come on in. Come on in. Soak and so Joseph, share if you would. It's just a special story about a young lady who's been involved in a club in Montgomery, Alabama for about two and a half years. And she comes from a very, very difficult background. Uh, Heavy, heavy abuse in many areas. And the whole time for the past, say, two and a half years, we've been dealing with depression and cutting and suicide, things like that. So it's been really, really hard. But the cool thing is that this last week, we got to celebrate a real breakthrough in her life. Um, I asked the the students to lead this outreach in the high school there in Montgomery, and she was one of them, and I didn't even think she would even lead out that much, you know. But um, I'm going to show what happens, and you'll kind of get the healing part of it in in what she shares. But... All of a sudden, that morning, the guys that usually are the leaders in the club, they came late. But she shows up early. She has her sound system. She's excited. And it's, I don't know, it's just like she's like floating in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit supernaturally. And um, she comes in the room, and she just takes over. (laughs) And she just runs everything that morning. How old is she? She's a senior this next year. Senior in high school? Senior in high school. So she's telling her story, and it just, uh, later that week, I was talking to my dad about it. I just couldn't even, it just made me weep. I just couldn't talk anymore. It was so powerful. But anyway, we took her down to a thing called the Sin down in Orlando. And um, during that event, she had, had been cutting herself the week before, her arms and her legs, and uh, she came out of that event, and she was completely healed. No scars. No scars. No scars. I called her to confirm this yesterday, and um, so here she is talking, you know, sharing the gospel with these guys, uh, tough inner city kids, 
and she's just so full of Jesus, and she's telling the, the other guys, you know, you need to speak now, you need to speak now, and then she gets up at the end, and she's, she's saying, guys, guys, you can't believe this, but I was cutting myself, I had scars all over my arms and my legs, and I went to this event called The Send, and God supernaturally removed all my scars, and... Uh, and so I was in the back listening. I was just like, oh, wow. And I yell out. I said, do y'all believe that? And they're kind of like, mm. you know, it's like. And uh, so she gets, she was back, you know, she's in front of everybody. And so she comes up in their faces. And she goes, guys, guys, look, all the scars are gone. And then she went on to preach the gospel to these guys. And they just all gave their hearts to Christ. Mm. The spirit of God poured out. How many? It was, it was probably about 12 students in that meeting. Wow. But wow. It's just such a testimony to so many things. I could go on all day, but just whatever you're going through, I don't care what you've gone through, Jesus will trumpet. Yeah. Jesus will bring healing yeah. and bring restoration. Amen. So we bless you with that story. Amen. Well, thank you. Mary, Mary Lovell, come on up here. Mary Lovell, come. When uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, went and saw Jesus after the resurrection, they, uh, and they came back and reported to the disciples that they'd seen him. And there was doubt in the camp. And Jesus rebuked the disciples. He said, you need to believe the testimony. It, it, the Lord says you need to believe the testimony. Even stretch your faith, even when it's hard to believe. Even if this is outside your box, that a girl could have cuts that scars for years, and then they fade away. He, Jesus said, I want you to believe the testimony. Jesus was, con he, you know, he, followed, he was harsh in the beginning. Then he followed up. He was kind of like, he said, hey, bring me some fish. I, hey, look at the holes in my hands. He wants us to believe the testimony. It's, it's my role to bring credible people and, and people that uh, are, are of honorable repute who tell the truth. It's our job to believe, to believe the testimony. Amen. Mary? Yeah. Well, this starts back with always with Lindy Hale. <laughs> you know, she brings God in the room. Yeah. And so... She prayed. We went down to hear. Need to go to those Wednesday night services. She taught on, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. And we went three weeks, and we were blessed and blessed and blessed. Well, she prayed for Ken to dream. And I'm a part of him because we've been married forever. <laughs> so that night, we both dreamed. That and very the, night. That very night. And you hadn't had spiritual dreams No, before? we don't dream at all. I mean, I don't dream at all. Okay. I dreamed um, about 15 years ago. Okay. I mean, important <laughs> dreams. But anyway, this is what the Lord said. I was doing my thing, cooking. You know, I always cook and I make great desserts. Well, I had... It gets better. It's better than my lemon pie. But anyway... There was all these women around here, and they had brought baked goods, and this one lady walked up to me, and she handed me something. I couldn't identify it exactly, but it was either 
uh, banana bread or something. So I took a piece, and she looked at me, and she said, I am so sick. And I said, okay, everybody come around, join hands. Now, this is in your dream, This is in my dream. Okay. said, join hands. Everybody take home. We're going to pray for you right now. And she said, well, aren't you going to take my hand? I said, no. Wherever I put my hands, you will be healed. And then I woke up from that dream. But God said, wherever, wherever I put my hands, you'll be healed. Well, this goes on. Because I went down, my sister's been suffering from that. We prayed for her the day we called on the telephone for people to be healed. We prayed for her that day. They had diagnosed her as some sort of brain thing. So I went, we went home to see her. And when we got there, she said, I've been waiting for you to come. And she was waiting for me for the power of God to enter. It says, greater things than these shall you do if you believe. And we are believers. So we laid hands on her to be healed, and we cast out that, that demon thing that was Alzheimer's in the name of Jesus. And I asked her about Lady Gibbs, and she said, oh, she got healed two weeks ago. So Lady Gibbs. The Lady the, Gibbs got healed on one, the day I dreamed the dream. Wow. Lady wow. Gibbs was there. I hadn't seen her in 25 years. So let me get this right. She, Lady Gibbs was in my dream. She brought up to me, and she said, I'm sick. And I laid hands on her, and she got well. There you go. Wow. That's good. In case you in case you missed any of that. She doesn't dream. She prayed, Lindy, you dream, pray that I dream. They dream that night. She dreams about a lady, Lady Gibbs, she knew 20 years ago. She dreamed about praying for Lady Gibbs, didn't know she was sick. In her dream, Lady Gibbs gets healed. Goes home to see her sister, finds out Lady Gibbs got healed the night she had a dream. This is, this is revival. This is, this is, that's a Bible story. These are, these are testimonies like, you read in the Bible, but they're happening today. You know, the, a decade or two ago, it's like, oh, that happens in South America, or that happens in Africa. No, it happens here, or, or that's going to happen. That's going to happen someday. We're either going back to the Book of Acts, or someday it's going to happen. No, today is the day. So it's happening today. So we're in revival, and and the and and the, you know your mind is renewed when the impossible starts to look possible. Your mind is being renewed when you're not afraid. When you first hear cancer and you're not afraid. So our mind is being renewed. And so um, we're going we're gonna to try something different today. Um, I've, asked, I've asked Dara. Dara's an elder here. I don't know if you know that. Dara Bernard is an elder. I've asked her... I've asked her along with the rest of the team to just um, just accompany, accompany me in a message. So this is different. I don't think we've ever done it this way. We're just trying something else. It's Mother's Day. We'll try something different. But everything's better with Dara. So, so we can't mess this up. And uh, she, so whatever she does, she has permission. She can preach. She can sing. She can... 
interrupt me. She can do nothing. She has permission to do whatever. And so we're going to just have some fun with this, okay? All right. In staff meeting, prayer meeting before the service, I, I was mentioned what we're going to do to some of the team. And, and uh, one of our team members said, yeah, yeah, Steve Backlund did that once with a guy who on keyboard and who had a lot of soul. And I said, how did it turn out? He said, well, it's okay. <laughs> he basically said, Steve, your whiteness might come through. <laughs> so... It's kind of like a college basketball team. We're short, but we're slow. So uh, I can't sing, but I'm white. So, uh, um, so we're going to have some fun with it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> the Holy Spirit only does big things. We just heard two Holy Spirit stories. He is magnificent, and he only does big things. The Holy Spirit hovered over the cosmos, hovered at the time of creation. He was hovering over chaos, and it turned into cosmos. The Holy Spirit is magnificent, and he only does big things. The Holy Spirit hovered over a virgin, and the Lord Jesus Christ came forth. The Holy Spirit is magnificent. And he only does big things. There was a tomb with a body that was dead of our Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit entered that tomb, breathed life in the Lord. Resurrection occurred. The Holy Spirit is magnificent. And he only does big things. There was an upper room of 120. The Holy Spirit hovered. There were tongues of fire. There was a roaring sound. A city was attracted to the sound that was coming out of that upper room. 3,000 were saved that day, and the church age was born. The Holy Spirit is magnificent, and he only does big things. He's magnificent, and he only does big things. Y'all can start doing something back here. <laughs> Because the Holy Spirit is magnificent, and he only does big things. Steve. Yes, ma'am. There's a river. When, you all, when I was coming in in the car, there was, a, there, was, there was this anticipation. I opened the door, and it flooded. It was like, oh, wait. There was an anticipation of what God is going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. I wish. He never gives me the outline. He never gives me a plan, but he lets me see, and I felt it come. And he said, he said, just, just go step in. And when, I didn't know that they were going to sing river. And I just feel like God is going to let you stay in the place in his realm for whatever it is. Because God put in his heart that he does big things. Say big things. Now, if that's just sitting out there as a word in, like, words in your ear, say it again. He does big things. He does big things. What big things is he doing in you? That's my question. So he wants us in the river. He made it rain. It may flood. Who knows? But he wants us in the river, and he's saying, just say yes to what he's going to do. We don't know. But we trust, right? 
So is anybody not still in the water? Anybody not still in the river? Because we can get the beat going and we can feel that river rise. Because our sound, our sound doesn't just stay here. It goes everywhere because there's no time or space in the spirit. So you know, when you hear someone holler, don't worry about it. It may be going into your situation. It may be the sword that God needs to go into your situation. When Lindy's doing like this up front, it may be the love that you need to go into your situation. So he's doing big things. Say big things. Big things. Oh, big things. Yeah, big things. Big things. Yeah, God is holy. Big things. Yeah. If he can raise his son from the dead, he's doing big things. Big things, yeah. And he made you and me to be in him. So he's going to do big things. He is going to do big things. Let me correct myself. He's already done big things. Come on. Tell about it, Steve. I'll be your hype man. Come on. What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're doing big things. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing big things. Uh-huh. Now I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So we're going to sing and talk about a message that's dear to my heart. In John 10, it says, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And the average Christian in the average church kind of feigns at hearing the voice of God. The world says you're crazy if you hear God's voice. But God is always speaking. And sometimes it's in English. And he speaks in nature. We'll see God, a red-tailed hawk, and it reminds us God is near. It's a part of this ministry. I will see a rainbow. We, Lindy and I were dreaming about this ministry and the biggest rainbow, double rainbow, full rainbow, fill the sky rainbow on Highway 5 in California like we've never seen in 62 years. He speaks through nature. He speaks through divine coincidences, little things, just to say, you're on track, I know it. He'll speak through others. God speaks to me through you. He speaks to me through my wife. Even when often I'm wrong and she's right, he speaks to me. I don't like it when he speaks to me that way. He speaks to me through his Bible, a verse that ne has never meant anything for 20 years suddenly means something. He speaks to us in a voice that's not my own. What do I mean by that? He'll use a syntax that's not my self-talk language. He'll use a word that's not me to remind me, this is me talking to you. This is how he speaks, and he speaks to you in a different way than he speaks to me. 
because he's eternal. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through a still, small voice. He speaks words of love and correction, words of affirmation, words of adjustment. He speaks. So there, God is always speaking. Oh, and sometimes it's in English. But our God is always speaking. And my sheep, they hear my voice. When they hear it, they run to obey. Oh, we're running. Oh, he's always speaking. Can you hear his call? Oh, my people incline their ears. Because he's always speaking. Can you hear it? Oh, my people incline their ears. clouds and in the birds. Sun will shine again. Can you hear it? He's speaking in the rain right now. Can you see it? He's speaking through his people. He's speaking through Dara's song. In his smile, can you see? Yeah, he's always speaking. How the Father loves you. Songs of affirmation. That he's thinking of you right now. Songs of how he loves you. Oh, oh, this is what it looks like to live in his love. To trust the one. Cause he's doing great things Right now in this moment This looks like power in heaven I know we're chilling but To him this is what he desires Oh The tent wasn't much different than this, and a veil, and a curtain that was rent from the top down. It happened, and it was an indication that said, you get to enter into the Holy of Holies. My sheep hear my voice. You get to enter what was once reserved for the high priest once a year. The rent, the tape, the tent torn from the top down, saying, You have legal access. He's pursuing you. Just as he pursued Adam in the garden, he said, It's a new day, it's a new age of grace, and you have a legal right to hear his voice. 
And he came and he said, my sheep, hear my voice. There's a bill of rights in the kingdom of God and you have a right to hear his voice. Step into that right. You know your mind is renewed when the improbable seems possible. We as believers in our journey to our maturity, we walk through this time when it's, is that you, Lord, or is that me? We all have an inner voice, right? You speak to yourself, don't you? Yep. I'm not the only one, right? There's an inner voice. But every believer, it says in Ephesians, has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, it says, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies with my spirit that I'm born again. As a 17-year-old kid, lost as I could be, unchurched as I could be, said a prayer at the back of a little hippie church, and this verse came alive. Romans 8, the Spirit testifies with your spirit that you're born again. Inside, the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit, saying, you're a son. You're a daughter, you're accepted, there's no shame. Your sins are as far as the east and the west. Come into the family of God. You've been chosen, you're in the family. And his spirit from that day has been talking to my spirit. Do I hear it all the time? Do I miss it sometimes? Do I avoid it sometimes? Sometimes we want him to tell us what to do, and often he doesn't. Sometimes we tell him we want him to go away, but he never does. His spirit testifies with our spirit that you're born again. If that's foreign to you, let's get that straightened out today. It's the will of God that all men should be saved. It's his heart that all men should be saved. 1 John 5, the word of God was written so that you might know that you have eternal life. Brothers, share that. Do you think the Muslims know for sure they have eternal life? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He puts in us the Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know it's not about what we do. Did you know it has very little to do? Jen told us last week he loved us first. <laughs> oh, 
feel like this should be interactive. I don't know why. There's something that you can do. All it needs for you is for you to be you. It's enough for him because he's the one who made you. So come on, y'all. Let's just go deeper and deeper and deeper here. Oh, 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 the crowd that's gathered here you know like a cozy feeling of sitting around his table because he's drawn us here into his banqueting table because he wants you to know uh, Steve sent me a note and he said he's doing big things when he died on the cross when we as new creation are in him that kind of means we're doing big things Right? So you ask yourself then, I mean, like, I, I don't do that much. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you. You're doing big things. I, I really don't say that much. Oh, yes, you're doing big things. Oh, you carry the kingdom on the inside. So. what it looks like Holy Spirit's in you <laughs> You know yeah. it might be just being afraid Holy Spirit's on you for them Listen, That's what it looks like You know I used to ask the Lord what, what is it, you know, what's the kingdom going to be? Is it going to be something like uh, that I'm going to be able to touch? I have met the kingdom so many times looking in a face who didn't know. Or in the supermarket when I would look at somebody and they, you could see the life of God on the inside of them. We're taking over, not in a bad way, because the light dispels darkness. You know, I was at a concert last night and they were singing. I mean, they were singing and I'm telling you when I, I was looking at them and I'm going, the glory's in this place. You know, the glory. They were releasing the glory. It wasn't, it wasn't a gospel concert, y'all. But they were releasing what they carry on the inside. Because he's doing big things. And it looks just like you. He's doing really, really big things. Because he knows what to do. Oh. That's what the kingdom looks like, yo. And he is on you. He's on the He's move. On He's on the move. Somebody needs to say, yes, Lord. I don't know what it looks yes. like. These people yes. seem really weird Amen. to me. 
But I'm going to say yes because something feels different. Yes, yes. Something just feels different. Look, we're willing to go for what we don't know to get where we haven't gone before. And I, I don't know, but I want to go. I don't want to have paid everything, lived my whole life, done everything I know to do to find out that I should have been playing in his playground while he was winning the victory and giving me the credit. the way and keep it moving. Ha ha. And we're in him. So that's what we look like. We're beings, we're not doings, no. Come on, saints. This is what we look like. Deeper, keep going. Come on in. Come on. Come on. Come on. The dreams that are on the inside of you, you think are too big for you, they're not. Ha, it's part of his mosaic of how he puts it together, of how he brings it into the earth, of how when you say yes and believe, he does it. You don't have to know how. Everyone comes with a song, everyone has a song. Everyone has a song. Everyone has a song. Would the 300 all have a new song? Everyone has a song. Everyone has a song. Would you bring a new song? Would you bring a song of praise? Would you bring a dance? Would you bring a song of praise to him? Ooh, would you bring a song and would you bring a shout to him? 
Everyone has a new song. Everyone brings a song. Flowing oil, they call him flowing oil. Everyone, everyone brings a song, brings a new song to him. Somebody's got a song. Come on, just lift it up. Go ahead. Oh, everyone has a song. Everyone has a new song. Ah, uh, somebody feels it. Shout it out. Come on. Everyone has a song. Everyone has a hey, song. Hey, this is a good place to be you. Everyone has a song. Everyone has a new song. us to obey. He's a God of freedom. He's the God that put the, the tree in the middle of the garden and said, don't eat it. He didn't put a moat around it. He didn't put a gate around it. Didn't put a big dog around it. Didn't put a thousand angels around it. Just put it out there right in the middle. Didn't put it in the back 40. Put it right in the middle. Said, don't eat it. It's the God of freedom. He doesn't force you to obey him. He doesn't create circumstances in your life like those cattle guards, you know, that where they herd all the cattle into the ramp to get them on the truck. He could design the circumstances to put you on that ramp and get you in that truck, but he doesn't. In fact, when Jesus gathered big crowds, he usually dispersed them by a tough word. He ain't begging. He ain't a beggar. And he knows his identity is so strong. And he knows the gift he paid and the price he paid was so high that those of us who are called, who can hear the call, we come as ones not brought in by a, a gimmick, not brought in by begging. 
by the gift of revealing and seeing the price he paid, the Son of God, who lived a perfect life and gave his life a ransom for us. He didn't lower. He didn't grade on the curve. He didn't lower the requirements of the law. Jesus paid it. We couldn't do it. And we come as recipients of this mighty grace. And that's why we sing. That's why we dance without apology. That's why we're exuberant. In fact, he says, come with your passion. Come with your passion. David's wife, she mocked his worship. God did not like it at all. Bring your passion. In the Old Covenant, well, there was one who said, strike that rock with those arrows, and he only struck it three times. God wasn't happy with the lack of passion. Bring your passion. He paid too high a price not to bring our passion. As a worshiping community, we don't get out passion by our worship leaders. We bring our passion. As a worshiping community, we don't get out passion by the songwriter. We match their passion without apology. Because he paid a high price and he didn't lower the bar. And true believers come with gratitude and a heart of praise and a heart of worship. He didn't force our freedom. He didn't manipulate us to believe. He doesn't bribe you. For intimacy. He doesn't force us to obey. Obedience in the kingdom isn't like obedience in our world where we say, obey me, or you go there, or the way we treat our adolescent kids. Stop that. Be quiet. Do it. No, he came with obedience as a son, Hebrews 5. He came obedience as a son, as an equal. And he says, hear my voice and run and obey. Come as a son. Come as a co-equal. We hear his voice. We run and obey. There's a joy in obedience. When we obey Him, when we hear His voice and we run to obey, our grace comes in the room. Grace is the operational power of God. Grace comes to confirm that you heard. Grace is magical. Grace is the romance. Grace is that says our faith is alive. When you hear His voice, and you respond. Grace comes and it lets you know that he heard your prayer. It lets him know that he saw that you put your chips in. Grace, obedience is when you put your chips in and says, I'm putting my chips in for the atonement. What you've asked me to do doesn't make sense. But I'm all in for you, Lord. And grace comes, heaven notices, and grace comes and showers. This is, it comes with peace. There's no peace except 
with the Prince of Peace. It comes with his grace. It says, I see, I hear. This is the magic. This is the dance. This is the romance of knowing our Christ. This is what no one else has. The Holy Spirit is magnificent and he only does big things. My sheep hear my voice. He's magnificent and he only does things, big things. He's in you for you. He's on you for them. My, the Holy Spirit is magnificent. He seals every believer. It's his desire to speak to you. And when you hear his voice and you run away, grace comes, the operational power of God. My sheep hear my voice. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. Oswald Chambers said, when, when, we, when physically we say yes, God's grace, the power of the kingdom arrives at the same time. It's 5.55 left. God's grace arrives. how we're conformed to the likeness of Christ a thousand your journey is marked by a thousand acts of obedience your journey to holiness is a thousand acts of obedience Oswald Chambers knows more about obedience than anyone I've ever read Lord does not give me rules. He makes his standard very clear. And if my relationship to him is that of love, I'll do what he says without hesitation. If I hesitate, it's because I love something else in competition with him, usually myself. Jesus Christ will not help me to obey him. I must obey him. And when I do, not, and when I do obey him, I fulfill my spiritual destiny. My personal life may be crowded with small, petty incidences, altogether unnoticeable and mean. But if I obey Jesus Christ in the haphazard circumstances, they become pinholes through which I see the face of God. Your obedience is like a pinhole. We have pinholes in this tent. 
Every time you obey, it's a little pinhole. And a dozen becomes, I'm not prophesying this for our tent. <laughs> Your obedience is like that pinhole. Another, it can be a big thing. It can be a little thing. It can be just go talk to Susie and give her $10. It can be a big thing. Everyone is punching a light and a pinhole through that tent where, and then you keep doing it and you see the face of God. When once God's redemption comes to the point of obedience in the human soul, it always creates. If I obey Jesus Christ, the redemption of God will run through me to other lives. Because behind the deed of obedience is the reality of the Almighty God. He shows up. He redeems through you. Your act of obedience is another step to your spiritual destiny. Grace comes and a light, a pinhole light shines through. Open portals. There you go. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, they do. Open portals come through your act of obedience. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. Grace comes. Grace comes. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.